Hey, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with our very special guest host, uh, Nick Vale. Hi, Nick, great to see you again. All right, we're, this is a major show. Nick and I, for, the, for several years now, have been leading the world to a brand new consciousness. We've been refuting free will. And as John Searle, this famous philosopher, says, you know, for a world to get that we don't have a free will would be a, quote, bigger revolution in our thinking than Einstein or Copernicus or Galileo or Newton or Darwin, end quote. All right, and that's what Nick and I have been doing, right? And, and this is major. Now, it's not going to play out anytime soon. It may take 10 years or stuff because people are so locked in this belief in free will. But they're going to get it. But now we're thinking, like, because we don't have a free will, we no longer have to, quote, unquote, believe that God exists, we've got actual proof. We've got actual logical, scientific proof that God exists, you know, based on the implications of our not having free will. And so today, today the, the episode, um, this episode is like, the title is, Is Proving God, the Existence of God, Bigger Than Disproving Free Will? Now, this is an open question. I'm not sure. We're going we're gonna to explore it and see if maybe we're, we've just begun even a bigger revolution in human thinking than leading the world from free will thought. What do you think, Dick? I think disproving free will is the biggest thing ever because it's easy to do. You're saying is proving God bigger than that? Well, disproving free will what is what the, the implication causes you to believe that there, there is a God. So, no, the answer is no. Disproving free will is the biggest thing because then the subset and the subtext of that is to prove there, there's God because if there's no free will, then obviously everything I'm doing is a puppet. And it's not me. It has to be the universe. So, you you know, one proves the other. So the, the first one is greater. Right. Well, here's the, the implication gets you the second one. Right. Because like, I mean, there, I mean, because we got to weigh the, the benefits. In other words, what to the extent we understand that nobody has a free will, we don't blame ourselves for stuff. We don't blame others. We don't, you know, the free will belief creates a lot of negativity, a lot of conflict, a lot of punishment, all that stuff. So that's wonderful. Right. On the other hand, proving that God exists, well, uh, and partly like you were saying, if you prove that God exists, that you're proving that we don't have a free will, so that helps in that area, but I don't know, it's like... Yeah, but some people could say you prove God exists and God gave man free will, so that's not bigger than proving... When you just prove free will, the subset is that if there's no free will, then what I'm saying right now is I'm one puppet entertaining another puppet, right? We're all puppets right. with invisible strings. Therefore, that actually lends yourself to understanding that, there, that if it's not my consciousness, first of all, there's no me, there's no you, there's just the universe. So it's one puppet talking to another puppet entertaining all the puppets in TV land. If it's not our consciousness, whose is it? Exactly. But the reverse isn't true. You could say I, I prove God. And, we, and you have free will. So God, a lot of people say that, that God gave man free will. So once you prove there's no free will, then you're proving there's a higher power, the universe. Let's, let's address this. It doesn't this work in reverse. This so, is a bit of an aside, but it's an important point. Some people, they, they will say, God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent. And God gave us free will. Can you understand how that, how that makes no sense at all? In other words, like what people don't understand is the meaning of all-powerful. All-powerful does not mean that God can make one plus one equal three, okay? Uh, there's All-powerful doesn't mean that God can just like, you know, do anything, that God can turn the, the moon into a clump of cheese or something. That's not all-powerful means. What all-powerful means is what can be done 
logically, you know, according to the laws of nature that God created. What's this business about man was created in God's image? It makes me think that God looks like a man. Yeah, well, actually, that's a good... Way up in the sky. Who, who the hell knows? No, I know, I know. So, actually, so like when proving God, we're not proving... In other words, like with the universe, when, when uh, a few hundred years ago, they thought that the Earth was the center of the universe. So we no longer think that. But that doesn't mean that the universe doesn't exist because we got some of it wrong a few hundred years ago. So, like, a few thousand years ago, they got some things about God wrong. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. It means, like, as time goes forward, we understand God more and more clearly. So, but can you understand how, like, because God is all-powerful, we can't have a free will. All-powerful means that God determines exactly what we do and, and exactly what we don't. Exactly. Okay, so again, like, so it's proving God. So you say that, that disproving free will is bigger than proving God exists. What if I told you I knew what happened after we died? Would that be bigger than disproving free will? Oh, uh, that's a good question. We, let's go with that. Um... You can never really prove that, though. Huh. Well, I mean, like... All right. well, actually, disproving free will is very good news for the afterlife because if there's no free will, then how unfair would it be if there's not only no free will and there's no afterlife, you could just have a terrible life. It's not even up to you, and then you die, and that's it. I think without free will, it's very good news for the people who believe in an afterlife because it just wouldn't make any sense that there is free will and, you know... If there's no free will and you have a terrible life or you live for a couple of days or whatever as a baby or you, you know, die as an eight-year-old in a car accident, if there's no free will and that's your one shot, right, to get into heaven or whatever, but if there's no free will and it's your one shot and it's not even up to you, that is the, I know you're going to say life is unfair, but that just doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it would be profoundly It, it actually unfair. makes more sense. There's no free will, and you get to go again and again and again until it all evens out somehow. Well, all right. Is this another right, side, but it's subject. important. No, it's important. In in other words, I'm talking like, about the implications so, of no I know. Will. So yeah. many people, and it's a good point, so many people are afraid of dying because these priests and rabbis and clerics say, listen, you know, you may not get into this good place, and if you don't get into this good place, you're going to suffer eternally. People, like, are scared out of their minds with that, right? You know, so a lot of times they, don't even, they can't even talk about it. So, like, what we're saying is, like, when you understand that nobody has a free will, it would be colossally unfair for God to make you do an evil act and all of a sudden after that punish you eternally for what God made you do. But if there's no free will and you're depressed and suicidal your whole life, say, and it's not even up to you, it, wouldn't, it would be a colossal failure of the universe to say that was your one shot in the universe, there's no afterlife, and it wasn't even up to you to be miserable. See, if it were up to you and you had free will, it would make more sense that it'll be one-shot deal. But since, since you know, it's, you, you make the life that you want to live and it's up to you, but since it's not up to you, and then to not have an afterlife, that just, I mean, talk about being unfair. You could, you could just live for a couple hours and die, and that's it for the rest of eternity. You don't have another shot at a uh, second go. I mean, so I think this is very good news for the afterlife uh, idea that okay. there's no free will, because there's definitely no free will. And that makes me think there's got to be something else going on here. That sounds like, good. You know, yeah. All right. So like, so is this bigger than, than proving that, let's say we were able to prove that there was an afterlife. Is, is proving, disproving free will bigger than that? I think um, disproving free will is the most important thing ever to hit the history of the, of the consciousness of our species. In fact, when everyone gets it, we're going to be creating kind of a new species. I think you're right, you know, because like if, if you prove that there's an afterlife, let's say you prove there's an afterlife, right? And let's say you prove 
somehow that there's no hell, there's just a heaven, right? So all of a sudden, nobody's afraid of dying, right? All right, but then that doesn't solve a lot of problems. A lot of problems we have is when things, you know, it's not a perfect world. And again, with the free will belief, we blame others and we blame ourselves and we, you know, it creates a lot of conflict. So I think there's much, much more good that can come about by understanding that free will doesn't exist than if we were to, to really like know for sure what happens after we die. But whatever scientists in the future proved the afterlife, you would have to make sure that that discovery was that he wasn't boastful about it because he knows he discovered it without his free will. So if he, <laughs> if he discovered the afterlife in say the year 2850 and he thinks he discovered it and he becomes arrogant and boastful and thinks he's the world's greatest son, you know, so you still have to understand there's no free will on top of it all because that's the underlying consciousness that proves everything else. Exactly. With humility and, you know, understanding that God graced this scientist with the ability of, of discovering what happens. I mean, it's never going to happen, but discovering what happens after you die. But just say it did. I think this understanding there's no free will is the most important discovery because it leads to all the other discoveries being under the create, under the correct umbrella consciousness of no free will, if it makes any sense. Okay, yeah, all right. So, so whatever discoveries are made, have to, the, the people who discovered have to know it wasn't up to them. Right, fine, yeah, and that's good. As great that's are. good, yeah. In other words, it keeps us humble. We do great things, we understand it's not up to us. Fine, we do great things, but we, we remain modest, we, remain, we don't become arrogant or boastful or conceited and stuff. What and about good. your theory that the greatest discovery would be the happiness pill? All right, let's go with that. Because, like, yeah, let's, let's extend this from, like, you know, what might be a bigger revolution in our thinking, whatever, bigger thing than just freedom and free will. I don't think you can trump that, dude. In other words, like, if we get, like, a happiness pill or some kind of happiness method, if somebody finds a way to make everybody in the world really, really happy, you know, blissed out. It won't matter if you're free will or not. Yeah, yeah. You'll so just that, be happy. Yeah. Which is all anybody cares about anyway. Why and, we're doing this show, right. Exactly. But that hasn't happened yet. So until that happens, right. we're leading the world to the biggest revolution ever. Um, I don't think we define free will, what the show's about. I mean, I don't remember. We can do that. Okay. We'll do it very quickly. We always start the show, what is free will? Free will means if you believe in free will that you could have done otherwise in your past. You could have, under exact same situation with the knowledge you had, the, the soul that you have, the mind that you have, in that moment in time in your past, you could have done otherwise, which you can't, so there's no free will. Another way of defining free will is like, free will is like that we're not puppets. In other words, with a puppet, with action figures and stuff, puppets don't do what they do with their free will. They do what they do because the puppeteer makes them do that, with the strings and all. We're the same thing. We're like puppets. We're like computers. We are programmed to seek pleasure and avoid pain. We have these drives. We have this genetic predisposition to do so many things. And if it's not the genes that are determining our behavior, it's our past experiences. It's law of cause and effect. So essentially, like, we have no more control over what we do than does a puppet. That's another way of understanding this. And then, you know, if we, if we did have a free will, another way to understand this is, like, who wouldn't be blissed out every moment of every day? Who ah, excellent. Yeah, who wouldn't thought choose to be really happy? Okay, you want to go over why this is so? Well, this is the most important show of all time because I don't know if you've been watching the Republican debates and the Democratic. This question, you know, if one of the moderators said to the panel, "Do you believe in free will?" It would be looked at as the dumbest joke. Sorry, the dumbest question and looked at as a joke. What I'm trying to see if I had a free will, I would explain that perfectly. So, can you imagine if you watch the debates? And the moderator says, Miss Clinton or Mr. Trump, do you believe in free will? The question would be looked at like, you know, like a joke. Like, are you joking? The ridiculous 
How dare you offend me? Of course I believe in free will. That question, you should be stripped of your moderating uh, degree and never... So this thing, it's obviously a very good question because it doesn't exist. And it's not... Why is it important, George? It's not brought up. We, yeah. we want mainstream media to fall in line with... I don't want to confuse... In line with online viral media, which this is exploding. Well, you know, go to YouTube and put in the illusion of free will and see how many videos there are. So why is the show important? To get the grassroots viral internet into CNN debates, you know, and let's have a public discourse on free will. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, you're right. I mean, because like, if you ask either Republicans or Democrats, does God exist? Nobody's going to deny God's existence, right? Because like, well, the they, Democrats might, but not the Republicans. No, I don't think even a Democrat would. And I, I don't think you ask either party, like, do you have a free will? <laughs> They're all every candidate like who wants that chance at it is going to say yes. We have a free will. Not only will. that, they'll uh, be upset with the moderators saying, "What kind of stupid question is right, that?" Right, right. How but, dare we? But of some of them. This is a free country. No, no, this but, is America. But, but I would guess that some Republicans and some Democrat candidates, even the present present candidates now, understand that we don't have a free will, but they would be afraid to say it. Because like they, they're afraid to like dis disappoint the the the. Uh, the but I was answering your question. Why is this show important? This show is important because it's taking a previously taboo subject of, of public discourse. In other words, this is never discussed in public. Do we have free will? Which is the most important topic of all time, to a mainstream forum of like you know uh, of a public debate of you know uh, of candidates and to understand that we have a burden and an obligation and a duty as human beings to get this right. I mean, we're intelligent enough to, we speak English, we talk about operas and music and philosophy and current events and self-help. We can't discuss whether or not we have free will or not. What's, what's going on here? Let me, let me tell you Why right. Why can't we? Why is it so taboo? Well, let me, it's, it's taboo. Not, it's a G-rated subject. It's, it's, not, it's not dangerous. It's I mean, taboo because priests and rabbis and clerics have brainwashed people into thinking, well, if you don't believe what we tell you, you're going to go to hell for eternity. What does it have to do with the regular people and politicians? No, no, but 80%. And schools and jails. And no, 80% of people believe mental health. that stuff. Now, here's the, now, all right, in terms of how important this, this, get overcoming free will belief is let, let's get serious for a minute all right this climate change thing yeah, it's going to go thing. on for decades and it's going to get challenging it is going to get challenging the, the hurricanes are going to get bigger the tornadoes all the droughts floods and all that stuff and pretty soon you know people are going to be saying well it's your fault and it's your fault and it's your fault and people are going to be blaming each other you know and when the fact is it's nobody's fault. In other words, like if we go into these next de next decades with the challenges of climate change, with the belief in free will, everybody's going to be at each other. If we overcome this belief in free will now, then fine, we're going to have our challenges, but at least we can unite together to to together um, solve them or, or or deal with them without wasting our energy and just like making the problem so much worse by blaming each other. So this this has profound implications, not just for today but for the next century. Well, even if it didn't have any implications, all your implications you know, are correct, but even if it were just, you know, there's no free will, who cares, and there were no implications, isn't it important that we're kind of obligated and we pride ourselves on being intelligent creatures, that we have philosophy class in all our schools and we love to discuss things and prove how, you know, isn't honesty the best policy? And don't we kind of have a burden and a duty as human beings to actually discuss this in public, not, uh, you know, on YouTube and every underground thing that you can think of where, you know, cafes, philosophy, meetup cafe, 
why can't we talk about do human beings have free will in public as a G-rated topic? Because we're just trying to get to the bottom of who we are and how we relate to the universe. I mean, I don't see, even if there were no implications, what's wrong with just getting this correct? Yeah, and even, does, isn't... Just for the, the sake of it. Isn't getting the truth right about who we are as people more important than it's just... The most like, important thing. Yeah. Then, you know, because we're living under a delusion. The entire world is completely deluded. It doesn't feel right. I cringe every time I hear someone say, it's your free will, I have free... Oh, I cringe. I know. I get goosebumps. And, I mean, it I really gets, it drives me crazy. I know. It just doesn't well, sound well, right. Well, the whole world's insane. I mean, like, I, somebody who believes they're Napoleon, who knows, they could be the re reincarnation of Napoleon. That person is more sane than somebody tells you, oh, yeah, I have free will. Because yeah, free will right. is completely impossible. <laughs> um... All right, now, we, we've demonstrated that free will, overcoming free will belief is probably more important than proving God. I think I agree with you on that. It's more important than knowing what happens after we die. We, it's not more important than, than, like, you know, somebody finding the key to happiness and making everyone happy. That'd be big. But how about aliens? How about, like, intelligent life forms in, in, in the universe? If we find and communicate with intelligent life forms, would that be more important than... No, because if everyone believes in free will, we're likely to be hostile towards the aliens and start a whole war with them. I mean, you know, you did this to me, or you could have done otherwise. No, I still think getting the, to the bottom of the free will being an illusion thing and getting it out of underground, secretive cable access shows, like no offense because we're on one, but why can't CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, CNN, or someone who's watching this, do a, not only a story, let's say, on a major news network, Fox or CNN, but let's have a debate, a public debate. George and myself, even Sam Harris, you can put up whoever you want, the minister, the rabbi, Trump, who, you know, and let's get the people to hear both sides of the story. Yeah, again, let me... I don't know what the problem is. And they don't, the problem is that they don't see the value of doing that. Then when, All right, we need to discuss that. That's fair enough. Yeah, when John Searle so said... So you're saying there's no free will, but nobody thinks it's important. Yeah, because if they, if they realize how important it is, it would be on CNN every night. So you don't think it's kind of important that like 90% of the world is rock, walking around with the wrong essence of who we are? I think it's supremely important. I think like... That everyone's you know, just lying to each other. You should have done this. You could have done that. You would have, you know, you had free will. You're not here. You had you, It's all about choices. You could have made other... I mean, come on. I know. I know. That's not right. It's not, it's not only it's not it's not right, it's like our, our world is completely dysfunctional because of it. Like to get the fundamental nature of who we are wrong is to get, you know, so much else wrong. It's just like, it's very disruptive to our well-being, to our society and all that stuff. Okay. And um, as Americans, we pride ourselves on being ahead of the curve and like, you know, the greatest nation on earth. We're ahead of the curve on freedom and democracy and our capitalist system and we're so superior. We can't get this basic thing, even forget about getting it right. We can't just have a public discussion, you know, but, you know, America is so ridiculously into free will. It's it makes us look bad that we don't discuss this. I mean, in the eyes of the universe, we're just so arrogantly going along and we won't even discuss our true nature. It's terrible. Oh, so if you have any entrepreneurs out there, TV producers, you know, people who are in show business and, and, and TV, you know, create a show like that. Yeah, if, if, if Nick and I host it, here's the thing. We're not the most professional presenters. We, we don't care about that because we're presenting something so powerful, so new, so revolutionary. And, and Nick and I pretty much understand this better than the academics. The academics, half of them actually believe in free will, you know, and, and the way they do that is so, is so bogus. Basically, 
the way they believe they they try to demonstrate free will is they redefine free will in a way that makes sense. In other words, they say, well, free will doesn't mean that we can do things without anything that's not in our control doing them for us. They say, no, that's not the real meaning of free will. Free will means that we can do what we want to do. That is so insanely stupid. I mean, like, why would Darwin, Freud, and Einstein bother to refute a free will like that? So anyway, so, you know, if we have a TV show about this, and this should be like at least once a week, you know, people would get it. You'd have a brand new reformation in religion, you know, because like a lot of people, I left organized religion because of this belief in hell. I believe, I, I said, if these people believe that an all good God is going to condemn a lot of people to hell, these people are clueless about the fundamental nature of religion. But so if this free will, no free will debate came out of the closet into mainstream media, wouldn't it cause kind of a cultural upheaval, a cultural revolution? I mean, there would be great ratings because everybody knows controversy gets ratings and ratings gets advertising dollars. So whoever's watching this and wants to make a nice living for yourself, you get a free will debate show, no free will. You know, people are going to get very upset on the free will side when you and I, you know, it's going to get ratings. It's a great theater. To, it's a great theater to watch this debate. You know, George and I versus Deepak Chopra versus Vladimir Putin versus Barack Obama versus Trump versus Sam Harris. I mean, you get the free will versus the no free will thing going. I think people are afraid that we're going to like somehow ruin ruin it for everyone. But when we win, well, here's I don't here, know what they mean. And know. here's why their fear is un unfounded. Some people are saying, "Oh my God, the world understands that we don't have a free will. That means everybody's going to just say, well, I can do whatever right. I want, and you can't blame me because I don't free you.' What are you kidding? I mean, like we are hardwired biologically to seek pleasure and avoid pain, and that's as individuals. And actually, you can extend that principle to so sociologically as groups of people, we would not allow people to get away with, oh, oh yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I can do whatever I want, you can't blame me. We wouldn't allow that. We don't allow that now. So, like, so again, like, people who are afraid of, of society collapsing with this knowledge, you're, you're, you're being afraid. You're, you might as well just be afraid of hell. It just doesn't exist. I'm sorry. What you're saying is free will is an illusion, but consequences aren't an illusion. So you do something, there are consequences. Those consequences you know, are everybody else is going towards pleasure and away from pain. We, we're hardwired. So if you go and kill someone, society's not going to just let you off the hook because you're now a danger to society. And we have to restrain and constrain you and deter. And the judge will say, well, I saw Nick and George's show also. There's no free one. I have no choice but to put you in jail. I don't see why everyone's going to go around doing whatever, they're stealing things and saying, well, there's no free will. I'm off the hook. That's, you're, you're still accountable. You know, you have to answer for it. It's your destiny to steal something and say there's no free will, and your destiny also to be held accountable for it and be in jail for it, for whatever you do. Exactly. So, another, so, another... The, so it just goes to show you that, you know, we're talking about changing consciousness, not actual pragmatic, useful practicality of life. It will be the same, just with different consciousness, where you'll go to jail, but we will we'll feel a little sorry for you that you were unlucky. And, and you got to understand that a lot of just crimes, a lot of crimes are the result of free will belief. In other words, a lot of crimes are, that person did something to me, I'm going to get them back. You know, how yeah. many crimes are, are about that? So like, without free will belief, you completely eliminate a total, a category, a huge category of crime. You know, you can't really like, seek revenge on somebody that you don't blame. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Okay, we've got about almost four minutes left. What? Yeah. All right, so like, I want to go back to this, like, um, all right, 
disproving free will seems to be a bigger um, thing than proving God's existence. I, I kind of see that, but I'm not sure it's bigger. You know, I'm thinking about this again. Than, than, than really understanding for sure like whether there's a life or not after we die. In other words, let's say we can prove categorically that we continue to exist, that, that a part of us that we have no scientific knowledge of, no access to, kind of like dark matter, dark energy. We know it's out there, but we can't identify it, whatever. Uh, if we could prove that, I'm wondering if that not, might not be a bigger revolution because like, you know, one of the, you know, I'm wondering if like deep inside of us, a lot of people are like, they can't even face it, but they're afraid, oh my God, like we've only got like 80, 90 years. And then what happens next? I'm wondering, so like, you know, if, if we could like demonstrate that like, so I don't know, what do you think? I agree with you, but we don't want to lose sight on what the show is called. So, <laughs> you know, you and I, you're going into implications of no free will and what would be bigger and how it can prove that God exists. We really, really need this topic to come out of hiding into the public domain. So you can add all the things you want, and I'll be happy to discuss it with you. But, you know, whether or not there's life after death, that's very interesting, or whether or not how the Big Bang started. I'm not saying it's not interesting, but we need the people to understand that we need to have a public discourse or a public debate. And once the genie comes out of the bottle, we, we owe it to ourselves. I'm not even going to, you know, it's a burden. It's an obligation. It's a duty of human beings to get who we are right as people correct, you know, like you were saying. So, I mean, you could talk, I'll let you talk next two minutes about, you know, don't, don't you want to get this out? You know, should we do a commercial? I want, I want Why to do, people aren't getting it? Well, no, we're going to do, our next show is going to be about that. But okay. like, let's, let's reiterate, who is John Searle? John Searle, if you go to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, he's ranked number 13 in terms of post-1900. Philosopher was born after 1900 in terms of how many times they're cited by other philosophers. So this guy's like a pretty eminent philosopher. I'm quoting him again. He said, for free will to be understood by the world as, as an illusion would be a, quote, bigger revolution in our thinking than Einstein or Copernicus or Galileo or Newton or Darwin. Then he goes on to say, it would alter our whole conception of our relation with the universe. That is how big this is. That's what Nick and I have been doing for the last several years. You know, this is 192 episodes of this uh, show. We have Nick's Manhattan show. We're on, we're on um, live every other week in Manhattan. We've been doing that for several years. I mean, we've got several hundred episodes now of this. We've got our meetups. We've, we've each written book, books. Nick's written a couple of books on it. I've been written... This is like really the world needs to understand this. I mean, this is major. And again, as we're exploring, there may be if we if we get like a, if we figure out a way to make every everybody happier, nothing can can beat that. That that's you know. But until that happens, this is the biggest revolution in the history of humankind. And and as we're, we're saying, it's important. It matters that we get this right. Uh, Nick got twenty seconds. You know, we're on cable access, and that's a problem. You know, other cable access shows are not taking, taken seriously. Please take us seriously. We have a very important topic here. Five seconds. There we go. Watch All us right. every week. We'll Tell be your back. friends. Get someone to produce a real show on regular TV. Thank you.